This podcast contains coarse language, adult themes, and spoilers. My name's Peach, and for the past couple of years, I've been helping my friend Shag overcome his childhood aversions to everyday foods in the podcast Fussy Eater. Now it's his turn to help me conquer my phobia of scary movies over one spooky night in the FBI studios, one Wikipedia synopsis at a time. This is Spooker. We are a horror movie exposure therapy podcast in which myself, Shag, explains to my friend Peach and ex-radio co-host back in the days of FBI radio in the mid-noughties. I share with Peach my love of horror films and try to get him to not only get over his fear of them, but to love them like I do. Mm. Now, neither of us are attached to the horror film making world in any way. Neither of us are attached to the film world in any way. Peach is a... First and foremost, a legal influencer on social media, but also a lawyer sometimes. Probably father and husband, I'd probably, (laughs) (laughs) if that's okay. (laughs) And and look, uh, I work in advertising and marketing as a creative director at a digital agency. And every now and then, every now and then, a horror film comes along that not only satisfies this podcast's voracious hunger, For, for a new film every week, but somehow covers both of the worlds that we work in. This film somehow has really interesting legal implications, also really incredible marketing behind it. Uh, Peach, I'm so excited to do this film today. First of all, I, like, I, I think, you know, this is an issue that you and all lawyers have mm. in that you're not an expert on all law. Correct. Like Absolutely you, you don't right. just know everything. There are some. There are some lawyers. There's a guy called Brett Walker who I've got briefed in something, who's sort of known as like the best barrister in Australia, and he sort of is. Like his brain just like <laughs> clickety click. It's like it's just a better brain than all the other ones around. And you're like, oh, okay, cool. You're like you. You are actually the goat, and you just know more stuff. So I do think there are some lawyers who are kind of like, yeah, of course. I know the triple-double backflip parking regulations in the Northern Territory and I can advise you on this construction contract in New South Wales. But as a general proposition, yes, completely agree. So, so obviously, this is a caveat that this is not the area you, you work in, but- Well, I don't can you know give what it, it is yet. So well, just, all right. I'm, I'm curious. What, what's the main reason why I can't just go out and create a Star Wars movie? Star Wars Episode Eleven. Shag rules, check this shit out. <laughs> uh, well, a number of reasons, but they, they sort of broadly relate to intellectual property and probably consumer law about like, misleading and deceptive or unconscionable conduct and then breach of copyright and then torts like passing off, that kind of thing. So what happens when that protection for something like Star Wars runs out? Because this, this seems to be happening a lot in popular media at the moment things just run out of copyright are are they then now sorry or maybe i'm not using the right term but are they now free for anybody to do anything with pride and prejudice and zombies is your like classic of like yep cool we can fuck around with that now Uh, and there's and there's stuff that's on the countdown i think like early james bonds and stuff like that are just on the edge of like "Mm, fucking sorry (laughs) 
Um, <laughs> we're going to do whatever we like with that now. James Bond's probably a bad example because it's probably tied up with um, with some other intellectual property rights arising from the films. But um, there are moments where things just click into the public domain and people are like, yeah, all right, let's fuck around and find out. So today's film is based on IP that has run out as far as I can tell. So now it's in the public domain and people can do something about it. Is it I, Frankenstein? (laughs) It's I, Frankenstein. (laughs) But also, when I talk about marketing as well, Mm. I I think they were very clever with this film Mm. because as soon as the copyright ran out, and I think there were stories about the copyright running out, I think within weeks... People had announced, by the way, this movie's coming out. They didn't really have much of a trailer. They had a scary title. Is that the Jungle Book? Wait, 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 wait. They had a spooky title (laughs) and maybe a couple of images. And, I mean, it's pretty clear that this film was rushed out by amateurs just so they could capitalise on the buzz they had created by letting people know that, by the way, this beloved children's classic is now in the public domain. What if we made the most disgusting, evil, scariest, disturbing version of it to the point where this very cheap amateurish film was screening at my local cinema on the weekend and I saw it and Peach today, I'm going to share with you. No, wait, 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 wait. Peach, get ready for this today. Can I write it down? Can Can I write it down to see if I guess it? Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Today, Peach, we are doing... Wait, 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 I'm writing. Yes, we're doing... Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. Uh, he wrote it down! Yeah, let's go! You know, you're the first person I've ever shown this place to. Why am I so special? Because soon, we'll be Christopher and Mary Robin. We should be close now. We're not going to find them. We will. Pooh, Piglet... Eeyore, we were friends for many years, and they're out there. This place is kind of cold. And did you see how a pool? We need to go. There's... The floor is dead. There's so Friends, why are you doing this, please? I would have never left that minute. I um, it doesn't appear that it's being played for laughs, Jay. <laughs> it has not been played for laughs. Oh, grim stuff. Oh, Paige, look, I mean. I'm uh, like I'm I'm willfully being part of this film's clever marketing. It just it immediately went into production I think on the day it left copyright which was the 1st of January of last year. I think it was announced within months of it having been filmed and it's now already out like They basically capitalised on a news story, kept people talking about it for just long enough to put out a film where it it almost kind of doesn't matter the quality of this film. People are going to see it. That's exactly my point, right? It seems like a clever sketch. I've seen that and I'm like, oh, 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 got him again. All right, uh, next sketch. But, like, it just makes me almost more curious about horror fans. Like, horror fans know 
that that's going to be a very bad movie. Like I, <laughs> yeah, I, I can too. see that. I'm like, oh, that'll be that'll be really bad. <laughs> and like horror fans aren't dumb, or most of them do not seem to be dumb. They seem to be pretty sophisticated, and sort of they understand the meta universe that their genre moves in, our genre moves in, their genre moves in. And so seeing that, they're like, oh yeah, I get it. It's going to be shit. Let's go see it. And I guess that's the frame of mind I find difficult to get into. So that'll be part of the coaching I'll ask for you during this episode, Jake. I mean, Peach, this is a really complex film to talk about because I think horror often lives and dies by the conceit that the film is either about that you know going into it or that is revealed by the end with some shocking, disturbing twist. And often it's that idea, that conceit that sticks with you and makes the film. And I think this film already has cast that shadow over people by the fact that, you know, its marketing has been so successful. I mean, it's really clever. The fact that horror is very much in vogue and also nostalgia has never been higher than it has over the past couple of years. Combine those two things and you've got an instant hit, right? But can I explain? When I was in this cinema, so it was only in cinemas over a weekend they were like you know and it was everywhere it was like i checked three cinemas around me and they were all screening this film but just late night sessions and while i was in the cinema i had this i had this moment where there was a guy at the back and i i'm assuming it was a guy but there was a there was someone at the back listening very loudly to an andrew tate or an andrew tate like youtube podcast of like a manfluencer talking about shit during the previews okay. in a very like I don't give a shit what people think like this is I I own oh, this space this space belongs to that's yeah okay cool yeah and and it was just a really threatening moment and just because this film had been built up to me because I was sitting there by myself watching this film on a Sunday night and I was listening to that person I started going down this rabbit hole of this person is about to either blow up or shoot up or stab up this cinema. I'm about to die. Why did I choose to come to this film? I could be at home with my family. I'm leaving Golden Child. (laughs) For this. (laughs) Yeah, I'm leaving Golden Child for this. And and for at least the first half hour of this film, I, I think I did a few things. I tucked my bag under the seat and prepared myself if I needed to, to get under the seat immediately and make it look like no one was sitting in my row. Like, I really went deep into feeling like this. And I think the only reason I felt so scared and catastrophized this, like, annoying and rude but pretty innocuous mm. happening in the cinema is because of the the spell this film has cast over me. So, I think, I think we know films are going to be shit, but also we kind of know that the power that these films can cast upon us is not entirely constrained to the filmmaking techniques and the filmmaking skill that the creators have. They reach beyond their boundaries. Yeah, okay. Like, I guess if they're evoking, you know, moves and cliches within a genre and then riffing on them, you're not just enjoying the film in front of you. You're, like, participating in a legacy of media. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And, I mean, uh, like, on the other side of things, after Skinnamarink last week- I still don't know whether I think Skinnamarink is good or shit. (laughs) So I I do love that meme we shared on our account that somebody <laughs> shared with us, where it's just it's just like a black screen and it's like Skinner Rink fans are like fuck I love this part. <laughs> that is a that is a very good Skinner Rink meme. Skinner But no, I I think the other side of things is I'm really interested in this new generation of like 
basically like amateur horror filmmakers, you mm. know, like we've had in inverted commas elevated horror for the past couple of years. We we've also had like throwback slashing, like terrifiery sort of stuff that still have biggish budgets and good practical effects. This is a proper amateurish production. Like, I will say this right now, watching this film, you could tell it was made by horror fans who probably haven't made that much before. We're just sort of copying a lot of beats they know from horror films. And just, I mean, just basically capitalizing on on having a great idea and a great opportunity to do something that was going to capture attention. But it's a great idea. Like, I still can't get past whether it's a great idea for a film, right? So uh, well, let, let me, ex- well, yeah, okay. well, oh, sorry, you go, you go. No, I'm interrupting well, you, you go. I think let's capitalize on Winnie the Pooh now it's out of copyright. I think conceptually that's like, uh, okay, like let's go. And I don't necessarily accept the next step that is like by making it a very unhumorous, very grim, very gory horror film. Like it could be a goofy one maybe that plays like a Pee Wee Herman-ish sort of horrific extension of a child's you know universe but yeah like just to take it as full-on gore and splatter i mean in this world of you know parallel universe fiction which is just everywhere i think there's something powerful about taking something and just taking it completely out of context horror's always done that right Mm. we talk about the horror rules the three scariest things, according to horror, uh, number you know, counting down from three. Number three, children's drawings where someone's drawn mummy and daddy, and oh, who's that? Oh, that's the big scary monster that visits me at night, right? Yep. Like that's number three. Number two, a children's songs out of context. Yep. They're like skinnamarinky dinky do, and then number one <laughs> dolls is dolls and clowns. Yeah, dolls and, Doll, dolls and clowns where they're yep. not supposed to be. Yep. If a doll is in a dollhouse, cool. If a doll's just on a shelf and you didn't realize it was there, according to horror films, that's the scariest thing ever. So all context. they're doing mm. is very metally doing that. They're taking Winnie the Pooh out of its context and making it the scariest thing possible. Fair, fair, fair. All fair. right, let's do it. And I, I also like again, this is very clumsily and amateurishly told, but. I really actually like the story of it, number one. And number two, watching it kind of has that so bad it's good room effect. And I know we've made points about like, why the fuck would you watch something bad? Just watch something good. But I think where so bad it's good works is when you can tell that everybody in the film believes in it and you're kind of, you're not laughing at them. You're kind of laughing with them once they realize, oh yeah, actually this is kind of dumb, but- like, you really gave yeah. it your all. Like, there's something gently kind of nice about it. It's like, I thoroughly enjoyed the shitness of this film in a way where I'm not thinking the filmmakers are terrible. So, this is like an amateur musical production of being like, everyone kind of, yeah. Everyone has it's fun. Ki- it, it's like that. It's very brutal as well. But again, in a way that's like, you'll see, you'll see. Okay. So, the film starts with this device that they use twice and then just never use again. And I think it's, I think it's a money-saving device, but it's also quite clever. It's sort of like a children's storybook illustration star. So, it's an animation at the start that describes many years ago, and and in a a British voice that's like, many years ago, Christopher Mm. Robin, you know, that sort of voice. Yes, hate it. So, many years ago, a young Christopher Robin met a group of anthropomorphic creatures, Winnie the Pooh, Piglet, Eeyore, Rabbit, and Owl. And it basically is like- there were these sort of half men, half animals that were well, half person, half animals that lived in the hundred acre wood. And 
they became friends with him. However, as he grew older, Christopher entered college and was forced to leave them on their own. Without Christopher to feed them or give them guidance, and with the arrival of winter, Pooh, Piglet, Rabbit and Owl went into extreme starvation and were forced to kill and eat Eeyore. Which is very true to Eeyore's character arc in the original. (laughs) (laughs) I guess we got to eat Eeyore then. It's got to be me. Can't be anyone else, can it? (laughs) Now, eating Eeyore traumatised the group to the point where they developed a hatred for anything human related, as well as Christopher for leaving them behind. The group then made a pact to abandon their humanity and return to their feral instincts, also vowing never to speak again. How do we learn that? Oh, sorry, we learned that in the storybook. Yes, Literally right. by someone being like, this is the story. Yes. Yeah, but I think that's a really cool premise for a horror version mm. of Winnie the Pooh. I think it's actually pretty scary. Anyway, that's all told in this illustrated style. Then we cut to sort of real footage and we find uh, Christopher, five years later, a now adult, returning to the Hundred Acre Woods, accompanied by his fiancée, Mary, to reunite with his old friends. And the, for straight away, the dialogue is not very good because he's like, you don't, you don't believe me, but you'll find them. And it's like, what, like, what the fuck are you going to do if your fiancé is like, by the way, I used to know these anthropomorphic animals and they lived in the forest and let's go back to this forest and fo-. like what? Like- I love the fiancé like, I can't believe you don't believe me. That's so <laughs> <shit>. <laughs> Why wouldn't you believe? <laughs> now, when they find the place where he's like they used to live, it's basically horror movie one hundred and one. It's like a scary, scary abandoned farmhouse. Like wrong turn style. Yeah, it's basically wrong turn. Yep. there's like skulls and broken windows and things but there's also heaps of like scary slightly out of focus upturned honey jars it's really weird weird. it's really weird but it's kind of scary i really enjoyed it anyway so mary's like we should leave but christopher's like no we need to investigate further eventually they make it into a house where they find this drawing of Christopher. And I think it's just like a drawing of Christopher with like just basically dead. Knives. And, and Christopher's shit, yeah, yeah, and Christopher's like, why would they do this? Then they hear like someone coming into the room. So they both immediately hide. It's the arc, like we've gone from Christopher being like, everything's fine, and Mary being afraid, to Christopher seeing this drawing. And immediately being like, no, we have to hide for 12 hours. Oh, my God. While the, while the scene turns from daytime to night, while this figure sleeps in a bed in the room that we're hiding in. Anyway, while this figure's asleep, they eventually escape, but they run into Piglet, who... Now, I, I need to talk about the design of these creatures. So, Piglet and Pooh are both... They're both basically wrong turn. They're wearing yeah. flannels and overalls, but they have animal masks on them that cover their whole head. Yeah, okay. And Piglet doesn't talk. He just makes, like, snort sounds and has tusks. Oh, so he's, like, a grown-up boar now. He's not a little yeah. baby Piglet. Yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. Well, yeah, okay. So Piglet chokes Mary to death with a chain. Okay. While Christopher watches and is like, Piglet, no, no, Piglet, this isn't you. What are you doing? Do they eat them or anything? Like, or just killing well, wait. So, okay. horrified, Christopher tries to run away, but ends up being cornered by Pooh and Piglet, who then, in a, another illustrated scene, drag him into the woods 
where they hog tie him mm-hmm. and then watch him. And for some reason, this scene is illustrated, I assume, because it was too hard to shoot and they only had 10 days to shoot this film. Anyway, sometime later, a group of university students, Maria, Jess, Alice, Zoe, and Lara, rent a cabin in the Hundred Acre Woods at the suggestion of Maria's therapist so she can forget about her traumatic experience with a stalker. There's, there's, there, there's this subplot where Maria has this stalker with long hair who keeps, like, looking into her window and, like, coming into her bedroom late at night and hasn't been caught. So a therapist's like, you just need to go into the woods with your friends and just get away from it all. But you just need to. <laughs> that's, like, but therapy does not include, in my experience, and I'm pretty sure everyone's experience doesn't include, like, explicit instructions of things to do. <laughs> like, that's just very bizarre. Just get over your stalker by just t- just chill out. Just just get away. Just have a break. It also feels like a lot of the the dialogue and script was either improvised or just not very well thought out. Because when these five girls arrive at this house the, <clears> for like a weekend away, this beautiful giant mansion for a weekend away, <clears> one of them's like, guys, you won't believe it. This place has a pool. And a barbecue. And the emphasis on this is on barbecue. barbecue. And it's just it's just really weird. I don't know. Maybe this is an Australian thing where it's like literally every house has a barbecue. And also, do you really want to spend your one weekend away cooking? Yeah. But, but as well, wouldn't they have known what the house would have ahead of coming? <laughs> wouldn't, like, wouldn't they be like, this, this house has a number of things, room for each of us. Don't tell me what's in the house. Yeah. Just book it. I'll get there. Tell me when we get Can't there. Wait to see where it's got a barbecue. <laughs> Don't need to know what I need to. I know you need to know. Like if you, it's swimmers, like do we need? Right? That's a pretty important thing. <laughs> but do I need to bring food? Like to cook? Like I don't know. <sighs> anyway, anyway. So, 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 so. They arrive at this place because Maria's had a traumatic experience uh, with a stalker, and so they need to go on holidays. Tina. Another one of Maria's friends gets lost on the way to the cabin and gets chased by Pooh into an abandoned factory. So there's like a moment, like they keep using the hundred acre wood sign, which is painted very scarily as a signifier the bad shit's going to go down. So anytime you see that sign, it's like, okay. So Tina is on her way and just very explicitly in her dialogues, like, guys, I'm really bad at following directions. I don't know where I am. Should I go into this hundred acre woods? But in kind of a clever twist, <clears throat> the girls were like, it's a weekend away. I'm going to collect everyone's phones so no one have your phones while we're on this weekend away. So oh, I'd be like, that doesn't make it more fun for me. Like, <laughs> like no. <laughs> anyway, anyway, so Tina can't get through. She wanders into the Hundred Acre Woods. While she's looking around, she notices Pooh in the distance who then gives chase, chases her into an abandoned factory. She tries to hide... But he eventually finds her. Like, it's it's weird that this moment happens. And it kind of reminds me of 80s horror, which was definitely an inspiration for this film. Where first his first move, he just tears her shirt off so she's bare chested, <clears> which is very problematic early like 80s horror. <clears throat> and then grabs her head, smashes it into the sharp corner 
of a oh. wood chipper. So it gets like caved in and then puts her whole body into the wood chipper. Fargo style, yeah. Fargo style. So blood <sighs> and guts comes out the side. But because I'm guessing they couldn't afford practical effects, it's just digital blood. And it's the same digital blood effect I think they do every time there's blood. Mm, so it's like a preset weird. where they like add blood. <laughs> it's, like a, it's like a chat GPT version of adding <laughs> digital effects. It's just it's like, like dragging it over. <laughs> it's like chat GPT, add blood to this scene. And then it just sort of does. So anyway. It's got the editing uh, chops of an Instagram story. That's awesome. So she's the first death. And then from here on in, the girls are like, where's Tina? Like classic Tina getting lost. But where is she? This is a bit weird. Meanwhile, in Pooh's treehouse, Christopher has been held prisoner by Pooh who brutally whips him with Eeyore's detached tail. So that's pretty. I only know this. That's pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I only know this from reading the Wikipedia. It just looks like a long ponytail, although ponytail, there you go. But not only is he he's whipped by this by this tail, mm. Pooh then shows him Mary's basic like skeleton, but with still a bit of gore attached. And Christopher's like, no. No, not Mary Pooh. This isn't you. What are you doing? Pooh then takes Mary's. Like, I don't quite. I'm trying to work out how this works, right? Yeah. But somehow, Pooh then takes Mary's body and starts like mincing up her guts in the room above him. So he gets showered in her blood. So he's being whipped. And then to further, you know, pour salt on the wound or pour blood on the wound, mm. he then. Mashes up her organs and stuff, so he her blood rains on him. Smell if you did that inside your own house. That's just a bizarre thing to do. To call this smello, it's a good point. As night falls, Pooh is wandering through, and there's actually like a really interesting scene where we see Pooh dragging along Mary's skeleton. Kind of like it's a toy. Like, I remember mm. illustrations of, like, maybe it's Christopher Robin carrying, like, yeah. a toy. Yeah. yeah. Carrying, like, so, it's like that, but he's carrying her skeleton. And it's it's kind of a cool image. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. As he's wandering through, he hears music and you 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 see him go towards this house where we find Lara, who is the girl that both was, like, can you believe there's a pool and a barbecue is relaxing in a hot tub and taking heaps of photos. Cause she's like an influencer or she loves like sharing like thirst traps. Didn't on her, her phone, Insta. like wasn't her phone confiscated? I know, I know, but now she has her phone. Okay. So anyway, there's like a really cool moment where she's taking photos of herself and like taking heaps of photos and then checking the angles. And then in one of the photos is like, hang on, wait, what the fuck is that? And then zooms in and sees poo in the background. Yeah, and she turns around and no one's there. So she gets out of the hot tub, walks to where he is. He's not there. Goes back. And again, like, clearly there's a love for horror movies because she's like, whatever, you freak. I'm not going to let you ruin my holiday. And it's like, you just captured what? a man in a pig mask watching you alone in a hot tub. And you're like, in the middle of nowhere. And you're like, whatever. Yeah, I'm like not going <laughs> to. On retreat from like a stalker event. Like the whole point, yes. like stalking is central yes. to why they're even. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. <clears throat> so. Piglet gags her while with like some what we're guessing is like formaldehyde or you know mm. something that's going to knock her out. They then drag her into the car park where they have Tina's car, right? Mm. 
And so they hog tie her, put her on the ground. Piglet holds her down while Pooh, and it's just really weird Pooh being in the driver's seat and the car's headlights going on and being like, rum, rum. While Pooh slowly drives forward until the car's front wheel drives over her head, caving in her head and just basically like squashing her head flat. Did the child Christopher Robin teach all the animals how to drive? <laughs> but, all, but also, again, this is like a digital chat GPT effect yeah, okay. where it's like chat GPT stretch head. <laughs> and so you can see the head just sort of like stretch and then eventually just become like a puddle of gore. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. This is also, again, it's like slightly troubling because she was like an influencer and she was wearing like a super skimpy bikini. And it's that weird thing where it's like, here's this girl tied up in a bikini who's then brutalized. It's yeah, this is really, gr- it's really grubby, this film. It's very, it's very grim. It's very grim. Mm. Also, can I, I just need to point out the experience of watching this. Mm. Everybody was laughing the entire way through. Like, uh, it was just okay. like, this is dumb. Like, what the fuck? This is stupid. But laughing and enjoying it. But everyone was ready for a laugh. Everyone yeah, knew basically. Shit. Yeah, everyone's like, yeah, basically, yeah. Let's do it. Maria and Jess hear the commotion outside and hear the scream. And it's also, oh, my God. Like, again, the dialogue, they're like, what was that? That sounded like Lara screaming. And the other one's like, let's go check it out. Like, it's literally just like, like, let's Bizarre. let's voice out the, the, like, script directions. Scooby-Doo. Yeah, it's awesome. So, they go out. They find Lara's corpse. They run back to the cabin to warn Alice and Zoe before... All the girls together see that someone has written on the outside, get out in blood, which is like, it doesn't, again, I kept trying to be like, why, why would did they Winnie the, why did Pooh, yeah. yeah, why are they saying get out? Because it's not like they're like, they hate humanity and they want to kill them. They're not like, get out of our forest. Yeah, uh, like, is it where maybe Christopher Robin grew up? Like, do we connect Christopher to that house? No, Christopher Robin grew up in the house where they're living now. That's turned into a that's turned into wrong turn. I think. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Like you're right that it's just too many events from other films sort of glued together. That it's like, uh, yeah, it doesn't make sense. But and and I need to just keep saying it was a fun watch. Anyway, mm. so the girls are attacked by Pooh and get separated from each other. Piglet also enters the cabin, bringing along a sledgehammer. Piglet knocks Alice unconscious, like, in the indoor pool, manages to corner Zoe in the pool, follows her in, is taking swings at her with the sledgehammer, eventually just hits her head with the sledgehammer, killing her in the pool. Maria and Jess watch as Pooh and Piglet take Alice away and decide to follow them into the woods to rescue her. Also, at one point, we realise that Maria who is on the run from a stalker, has brought a gun with her and they bring their gun along with them. And also, it's, it's also Guns the weirdest in gun. are so hard to get. Like, they're, like, impossibly hard to get. <laughs> and this gun is, like, it, it's like something out of Call of Duty. It's this giant pistol with, like... With, like, laser sights and shit on it. Yes! Yeah. <laughs> it's, like... I, like, I, I guess it's the only gun they could find on the day of shooting and it's, like, well, I guess this will do. Oh, anyway. Gotta get that stalker. There's also a really funny moment where she's like, I brought a gun with me, let me go. And they go up to the bedroom that like maybe four hours ago they unpacked into. And she goes through a bag and then like all of the drawers until she finds the gun. And I'm like, you would probably remember where you unpacked your gun into? I think you would. Uh, Yeah. 
Yeah. I don't think you'd forget. I don't think you'd be like, now where did I put that giant gun? <laughs> the giant gun I'm using to protect me f- f- on this holiday <laughs> that I'm taking for the very purpose of avoiding the person who I would be shooting with this gun. And she packed into, like, there are three drawers of clothes. She packed it into the bottom drawer of clothes at the back underneath clothes. How, how big was her bag? <laughs> for like a two-night stay. <laughs> how much stuff did she bring? <laughs> My God. Anyway, okay, all right. In Pooh's treehouse, Maria and Jess free Alice, Christopher, and another hostage named Charlene, whose husband Scott has already been murdered by Piglet. Now, Charlene has been, like, chained between two trees and tied with a noose around her neck, kind of, like, ready for some ritual or ready to be tortured, and her face has already been, like, brutalised. As they're escaping with Charlene... She sees her image in the mirror and is like, what have you... And I'm sorry to keep using an English accent, but it's a very British film. And she's like, what have you done to me, you monsters? And somehow she knows everything about them. She's like, they call themselves Pooh and Piglet. And it's like, but they don't... They made a choice never to speak again. How would she know that they call themselves Pooh and Piglet? But anyway, so she's like, give me your gun. I'm going to take them out. And so the girls just give Charlene the gun. And then she walks into the middle of this, like, clearing to be like, Pooh and Piglet, come out. I'm going to kill you. Now, she manages to get Piglet to show up, but Pooh subdues her from behind. And Piglet, uh, uh, Pooh subdues her from behind. Through this film, it's, it, they, they never quite talk about it, but it's quite creepy. They often show Pooh just, like, drip honey into his mouth and, like, let the like the honey sort of drip off his nose and mouth like his mouth always has like honey around it anyway so then Pooh, in a pretty cool horror death pours honey all over charlene's face and then piglet mauls her face to death is it canonical that piglet liked honey no (laughs) no it's not (laughs) no 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 only Pooh liked honey yeah okay but still, I think that's a pretty cool horror movie death. Yeah, look, fair. Just this movie just lurches from things unconnected to things that have happened in the plot so far. I'm, I'm straining to straining to follow, but yes, that's March. Now, Pooh chases Maria and Jess into the woods mm. while Alice stays behind to bludgeon an unsuspecting piglet with his own sledgehammer. So, yeah, so th- there's like a subplot where Alice is going mm. out with, I think, Zoe who died in the pool. And there's also a moment where they weren't going to tell each other that they were like, it's too soon to say I love you. But then when they're being chased by Pooh and Piglet, they're like, by the way, I love you. It's like there's there's quite a lot of character development for these two characters. Anyway, so because they've just realized their love, Alice manages to tie up Piglet with the chains that Charlene was tied with and bludgeons him to death with the sledgehammer there's some indication that they're stronger than humans because it takes her quite a few knocks on the head before he dies but eventually he lets out a squeal which enrages Pooh, who's like you've killed piglet fuck i'm gonna fucking destroy you guys mm. even though he already was going to kill them mm. now he's gonna extra Double kill them, them. Yeah, yeah yeah now Hearing Piglet screams, Pooh runs back to the treehouse but finds him already dead. Enraged, Pooh confronts Alice with a knife. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. So, so this is I, I missed this. Thank God for Wikipedia. Pooh finds Piglet dead. Alice has the sledgehammer, but Pooh's basically like too quick for her and manages to like p- 
pick her up, put her against a tree, and then, like, stabs her through the mouth. So she's pinned to the tree, like, Ugh. through the mouth and the back of the head. Ugh. Yeah, okay. Maria and Jess. So whose Leatherface is sort of the energy I'm getting by this Kind stage. of, yeah, yeah, and kind of looks like Leatherface mm. and sort of grunts a bit like Leatherface as well. Yeah, okay. There's also a scene as well where, like, he looks in the mirror and is a bit enraged by it and, like, smashes the mirror and it's like, oh, kind of a very Leatherface-y sort of thing to do. Does Pooh, so Pooh thinks he is ugly. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> or is ashamed of what he's done, perhaps. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Anyway. Maria and Jess run to the road where they are stopped by a car driven by four local men. It's crazy that they all have names. Logan, Tucker, John, and Colt. And in a throwback to the 80s, these are all like tough 80s metal fans. Like I could imagine them all being members of Iron Maiden. They've all got like sleeveless vests. They've all got long hair. And they're all, all like one of them's bald with like an eyebrow ring or something. But they're all basically like, what's all this then? And the girl's like, please, 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 you've got to help us. We're being chased. And, and they're like, what the fuck are you talking about? And then they see in the distance, in their headlights, Pooh is just standing there. And they're like, what? Are you the one that scared these girls? And I think one of them's like, come on, boys, arm up or something. Like, it's actually oh, really God. funny. They all grab, like, weapons. So, like, I think one so of them like grabs, like- neo-Nazis. They're, like, white supremacists. Or something, yeah. So, one of them grabs a crowbar, one of them grabs a baseball bat. I think one of them grabs a chain and they all walk up to poo. And I must say, that's a bizarre turn for this plot to take. (laughs) It's a really bizarre turn, but it's also like, it was really fun. Like, in this moment, again, this is a moment where everyone was like pissing themselves. But they all basically go up and surround poo and they're like, what the fuck? Like, why are you scaring these girls? We're going to teach you a lesson. And obviously, poo just stands there and says nothing. And so, they're like, okay, then. And then- I think one of them swings at his head and he flinches but sort of turns back. And so they all start just like attacking him over and over again, kind of like Halloween Kills, that bit at the end Mm. where the town turns on Michael Myers and he just takes it. And eventually, once they all get tired, Pooh then comes to life. Like, I think he does the thing where the camera actually cuts to his fist, like cracking his knuckles. And then, oh, and, then, so and, then and then he kills them all. Like, I think he tears one of their faces off and he stomps one of their heads, like, you know, to, to nothing. But why is he doing any of this stuff? Anyway, anyway, anyway. We meant to be kind of on Pooh's side. Like, in, in the sequel, we're going to be like, Pooh's going to fucking kill some people right now. Oh, that's the okay. only way you're going to have a sequel to this. Yeah, Although, okay. I want to get to the end and talk about what's really interesting and how this film okay. leaves it open for a clear sequel and what could be, like, a really fucking awesome- Extended universe of Winnie the Pooh, yes. Yeah, I think this could be a really awesome series of horror films. Anyway, all right. So, while this is happening, Maria and Jess are trying to start the car- Eventually, while he's fighting these uh, these men, eventually they start the car. The fourth man, man is dead. Pooh turns to the car and they, like, run into him and they try to run him over. As they're driving off, like, I think Pooh, like, they run over him, but I think Pooh grabs onto the back of the car, climbs in. It's like, it's like, a, it's like a ute. Yep. So, he climbs into the tray in the back and causes them to crash into a tree and they all lose consciousness. Maria wakes up only to witness Pooh decapitating Jess in the distance and holding the head up and throwing the head onto the bonnet on which she immediately turns on the windscreen wipers to wipe it away. It's so, it's such an insane. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. All right, so it's just Maria left, right? 
he has just thrown the head of mm. Jess onto the car. He's coming towards her until out of nowhere, Christopher appears in a car driving at full speed, being like, ah, crushing poo between the two cars and seemingly killing him. Seemingly. Okay. Christopher then tries to help Maria get away, but Pooh, having survived, for some reason, Pooh basically is immortal. Yeah, he's Jason Voorhees, or he's um, other one. He's Michael, Michael Myers. Myers. He's all of them. Yeah, okay. Pooh, having survived, catches up to them and grabs Maria, preparing to kill her with his knife. Christopher pleads with Pooh to spare Maria. Also, there's this thing, right, where somehow Christopher knows that they're annoyed that he left them alone even though they've never said anything. So, like, you could probably explain it to be like, he probably does have guilt that he left them. He probably knows that he shouldn't have left them. Mm. Maybe he knew that they weren't super capable and he helped them. And But just by leaving them without really any notice, he was always dooming them. And so he's like, I promise I'll stay. He is pleading. He's basically like, don't kill her. I'll stay with you. Just let her go. Pooh breaks his vow of silence to say, you left to Christopher as a reminder of the latter abandoning the former and then slices Maria's throat, killing her. After Maria slowly bleeds to death, we see Is Christopher's- Pooh's voice similar to the American TV series, that like whispery version of Pooh? I'm cool. You, you left. <laughs> see, that would have been fucking scary. It was like, you left, oh, sort of thing. Okay. We see Christopher's horrified face as he realizes nothing good is going to happen now, and he just needs to escape. So he runs into the forest as we watch Pooh repeatedly stab her head over and over again in a very brutal way, and then it cuts to the credits just out of nowhere. And and the thing that isn't mentioned here that's mm. really important is when he's killing three of the men, one of them escapes, and it turns out Pooh has magic powers because he directs bees. Like, he has this swarm of bees that oh, he, like, sick. directs to, like, to go after the man and then sting him to death, which isn't really explained, but that's, well, kind of, is, that's, that's how it ends. This leads to my question about bees of, like, do bees, like, make honey or do they eat honey, right? And so how kindly would they feel towards a bear who comes in and sort of steals all their honey? They wouldn't be like, oh, sick. You must be King <laughs> B kind of thing and will obey. Yeah, I think it's just another element of this film. Uh, similar to the menu of like it's easy to sit here and chuckle away and pick it apart and say it's dumb, and it certainly is dumb. <laughs> um, but I can imagine having fun with it aside from having the whatever manfluencer fucking toxic oh. masculinity bullshit rolling before it, Jay. I can imagine that heightening the anxiety and ruining the experience and, and let's talk about the menu because we got a lot of and look I, I appreciate every interaction with us online mm. we got a lot of people who were basically like i think you're wrong about the menu it was really fun like the menu was a really fun film i just couldn't get over the issues i had with it whereas this film this is not a very good film but it's super fun and i can totally overlook the amateurishness of it like it was a dumb fun experience i had in a cinema except for the first half hour where i genuinely thought i was going to die and was looking to the exits and trying to work out what i would do and whether it's worth trying to save people or whether i should whether it's better for me to save myself because i have like a child at home um yeah that went off onto a tangent but you know what i mean I do. I feel you. Like, and so then the extended universe, I guess, becomes Christopher Robin as like a Van Helsing type character, and Winnie the Pooh is Dracula, and we just see how we go. 
No, this is how you make the second one fucking scary and even more disturbing. Yeah. Remember at the start when Christopher talked about his friends Pooh, Piglet, Eeyore, Rabbit, and, and Owl. Owl. We didn't see Rabbit and Owl. They could be way more twisted characters, and there could be some horrifying, disturbing reason why we didn't see them in the first film. Stay tuned for Winnie the Pooh. Is it a pun on the band Mud Honey? No, it's just like it's like blood and, blood and it's honey. like Winnie the Pooh likes honey, but horror movies have like I think it's just it's like and there is blood and honey in the film, like you know it's not it's not yeah. false advertising. Just describing the things in your film, though, in the title. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be like, actors and cars. <laughs> Great name. Uh, this was recorded at FBI Studios. Please like, subscribe and follow wherever you can and as much as you can. And Resh's, what's up?